0: Welcome to another day as we continue our journey through the Word of God. And I'm so glad that you're joining me, whether that be on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, podcast, wherever. Thank you. Please like, comment, sub- subscribe, uh, sh- share these out as much as you possibly can so we can get the truth of God's Word out to as many people as possible. Today we're continuing our journey through the chapter of Matthew 13, the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to be looking at verse 24 to 43 today. Uh, This is where Jesus starts to tell some more parables about the corruption among the 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 kingdom community. And these are very important parables that Jesus taught about in this particular passage, and they are not straightforward. And remember that Jesus has just said previously, Matthew 13, why parables are not straightforward. It's so that those who have a spiritual receptiveness can understand them. Those who have a spiritual rejection will not be further hardened by them because they won't understand them. So Jesus had a very clear understanding of why he was going to teach certain parables a certain way. So Matthew chapter 13 verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Tares are just like weeds. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares and the weeds, they also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? And he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares and the weeds, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and the weeds, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Yeah, you know, there's many parables that started with the kingdom of heaven is like. And this is one of them. His enemy came and sowed tares and weeds among the wheat. This parable describes the work of an enemy who who tries to destroy the work of the man who sowed good seed in his field. See, the enemy's purpose in sowing weeds among the wheat was to destroy the wheat but the wise farmer would not allow the enemy to succeed instead the farmer was decided to sort it out at harvest time now we need to note that this parable clearly describes corruption among the people of God just as in the previous parable the wheat represents the people of God Some corrupting influence is brought, and an influence that may look genuine, even as tares resemble wheat. When they first come out of the ground, hard to tell the difference. And he says, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. In the interest of preserving and protecting the wheat, the wise farmer didn't separate the tares and the weeds from the wheat until the harvest time. The wise farmer recognized that the ultimate answer to weeds among wheat would only come at the final harvest. Now, knowing the explanation of this parable, as it's about to be explained later on in this passage, we understand why Jesus said it right after the parable of the sower, especially with the seed that grew among the thorns. Okay, Because Jesus here is about to share something very profound. Let's move on to the next part of the teaching. This is a consistent teaching where Jesus is really teaching three parables here in a row all to do with the same topic. Verse 31. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. In light of the parable itself that Jesus is talking about and the context of the parables that are directly before And directly after this one, this is only two verses, this parable. This parable should be regarded as another description of corruption within the kingdom community, within the people of God, just as the previous parable of the wheat and the tares also described. So he says, when it is grown, talking about a mustard seed, What he's saying, Jesus says, is a mustard seed should never grow to the size of a tree. So Jesus is effectively saying, when it is grown contrary to nature, to an unnatural size, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. A mustard seed plant that Jesus is talking about here grew unnaturally large to the point where it would harbour birds. Now, in the previous parable, birds of the air were emissaries of Satan. The mustard plant customarily never grows beyond a bush and its normal size would be a place that birds would never nest. The the tree-like growth of this mustard seed describes something unnatural. This was a tree. Not in nature, but in size. The church can become a nest for a lot of corruption. Birds, G. Campbell Morgan said this, birds lodging in the branches most probably refers to elements of corruption which take refuge in the very shadow of Christianity. Now if you do a close study of birds as symbols in the Old Testament, especially in the literature of Judaism, it shows us that birds regularly symbolize evil and even demons or Satan himself. D.A. Carson said that. Now. I acknowledge that not all parables are straightforward and they're not simple. So we we do well to look at the consistency of what Jesus is saying in these series of parables together. Jesus knew his truth was going to be corrupted by the enemy the same way it was in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, God's creation corrupted by the devil. The church was about to be God's creation and the devil was going to do his best to corrupt it. And this is what Jesus was talking about, not just saying, hey, this is a wonderful thing. Say, no, no, you have to understand that corruption can come from within. You have to be aware. Remember he said earlier on, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he says, as he continues on with the same theme in verse 33. Another parable he spoke. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and held or hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. That's it. That's the parable. One verse. Jesus uses a very surprising picture here. Leaven is consistently used as a picture of sin and corruption, especially in the Passover narrative of Exodus chapter 12. And again, both the content and the context here point towards this being a description of corruption in the kingdom community itself. Barclay said there would be a certain shock in hearing the kingdom of God compared to leaven. They would never have expected that. Leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Now, I've got to explain to you what this means. Three measures of meal. What does that mean? That's an incredibly huge amount of meal. Meal meaning the leaven. Okay? It was much more than... It, it, that was the measurement of leaven. How did, how did you measure the, mev- the, the leaven in amounts of meals? Okay? Um, it was much more than any normal woman would ever prepare... And it suggests the idea of a massive or unnatural size. France said this, R.T. France, three measures of meal would be about 40 litres, 10 gallons of leaven, which would make enough bread for a meal for 100 people. A remarkable baking account, uh, a remarkable baking effort for somebody. So she hid in it. She didn't put it in there, she hid it in there so that nobody had find it. The idea of hiding leaven in three measures of meal would have offended any observant Jew. Remember Matthew writing to Jewish people. And this certainly isn't a picture of the church gradually influencing the whole world for good, which has been a common misinterpretation of this parable. Rather, in the context of, of increasing opposition to his work, Jesus is announcing that his kingdom community would also be threatened internally by corruption and impurity. G. Campbell Morgan wrote that the leaven represents paganizing influences that are brought into the church. Jesus knew this was going to happen. He knew that the gospel was going to be watered down, that people would rise up to prominence within the church that would be false teachers. We see that now with the watering down of the gospel. New age thinking is creeping into the church right now, deceiving Christians. You don't have to confess Jesus to be saved. Jesus died on the cross for everybody. A wonderfully noble thing to say, is it biblically and theologically true? No, it's absolutely paramountly contradictory to what Jesus said himself. And this is the parable that Jesus is saying hey, there's going to rise up people who look that they're they're going to be part of the kingdom and they're going to look like they're, they're doing good, but they're actually going to bring corruption and negative influence. Sad and hard to deal with. I can tell you that as a pastor. Not easy at all. Verse 34. All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, "I will open my mouth in parables; I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world." This this doesn't mean that Jesus never, in his entire teaching and preaching ministry, spoken anything other than a parable. It describes a particular season of Jesus' ministry. And again, it's in the context of increasing opposition from the Jewish religious leaders. Carson, D. A. Carson said, "Parables were an essential part of Jesus' spoken ministry." Jesus said, "I will open my mouth in parables." He's quoting here. He's quoting here from from the Old Testament. Another reason that Jesus taught about the kingdom community and parables is because the church itself was part of the things which have been kept secret since the foundation of the world and they wouldn't be revealed in fullness until later later Paul, Paul expresses uh, this same idea about the church the body of Christ in ephesians chapter 3 verses 4 to 11. Jesus understood the necessity for the church era that the disciples didn't understand. The church era, the part the, the, this part of the era of Christianity that you and I are in, which is where Jesus was re- rejected by his own people, and the church era started, and it will finish when Jesus comes back. Leads us on to the next verse, verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered to them, Now, remember now, so all the people are gone now. Now it's just the disciples. They're saying, listen, we didn't get it. Can you just tell us more what that means? And he said, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares, the weeds, they're the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore as the tares the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire so it will be at the end of this age. The son of man will send out his angels. They will gather out his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear Let him hear. Again, Jesus says that. In his explanation of the parable, when the disciples asked him to explain it, Jesus made it clear what the different figures in the parables represent. Field represents the world. The good seeds represent God's true people, sons of the kingdom. The the, the tares, the weeds represent false believers in the world, the sons of the wicked one, who like weeds among wheat, they superficially actually look like God's true people you think they oh that's they're a good christian the parable of the tares and the weeds changes the figures slightly from the parable of the soils earlier on in the book of matthew see in the parable of the soils the seed represented the word of god here it represents true believers and the point of the parables is completely different the parable of the soils Shows that how men receive and respond to the word of God. The parable of the tares of the field shows how God will divide his true people from false believers at the end of this age. This parable very powerfully teaches that it is God's job to divide everybody on the day of judgment. That's what Jesus is going to do. Okay. Let's uh, continue to look through this. The field. The field is the world. Significantly, the parable here illustrates not necessarily that there will be false believers uh, among true believers in the church, but that is true, but it's not just that. Otherwise, Jesus would have said the field is the church. But he carefully said, no, the field is the world. And the point is clear, both in the world and in the kingdom community, ultimately it's not the job of the church to weed out those who appear to be Christians, but actually not. That's God's job at the end of the age. Guzik says this, as long as God's people are still in this world, the field, there will be unbelievers among them. But it should not be because God's people receive unbelievers as if they were believers, ignoring either the belief or conduct of professed believers. The enemy who sowed them is the devil, Jesus said. Clearly the enemy plants counterfeits in the world and in the kingdom community. That's why merely being a member of the Christian community and going to church isn't enough. The reapers are the angels. The Son of Man is going to send out his angels. We often don't consider the angels of God have any special role in the judgment of this world, but they do, and they're worthy of respect because of that role. They'll be cast. What's the result of all that? We'll cast them into the furnace of fire. The righteous will shine forth as the sun, in the kingdom of their father. Jesus uses this parable to clearly illustrate the truth that there are two different paths and two different eternal destinies for everybody. A furnace of fire represents one destiny and a radiant glory shining forth as the sun is the other destiny. Spurgeon said this, The fate of these ungodly ones will be fire, the most terrible of punishments. But this will not annihilate them or destroy them. They will exhibit the surest tokens of a living woe. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. See, the wheat comes into God's barn from all over the world, from all ranks of society, all ages of God's church. And the one thing that they have in common is that they were sown of the Lord himself and from the good seed of his word. Which leads me to my observation today. We must always have the discernment of the Holy Spirit to rightly divide the word of truth, as Paul wrote to Timothy. And that is what we must do when it comes to looking at what Jesus said in the Bible and what the word of God says in its totality. If the Bible tells us something, then we can't feel that we've got a revelation of something different and believe it to be true. God is perfect. His word is infallible. So we have to look at what is the job that you and I are meant to be doing. And it's not your job and my job to judge people. That's God's job. He's going to do that at the end of the age. Your job, my job, is to spread the word, teach the word, encourage people to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to be wise, to not spend time with people who are trying to lead us away from the things of God, to invest in the things that have kingdom impact, to have an understanding of eternity. To have a perspective of eternity in our decision-making. To have a perspective of eternity in our thought life. And to allow the word of God to produce fruit and wheat in our life. God's never going to sow weeds into your life. He's only ever going to sow good things. The devil wants to choke out whatever he can in your life. And sometimes... That's not just weeds. Sometimes that's people. And it's very hard when you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to live for God. You have people in your life and you think that they're a good person. They're they're a great, well-meaning person. All of a sudden, they turn on you. some, Some evil is revealed in them. That's hard to deal with. But Jesus knew it would happen. And he equips us with these parables to allow us to understand that he knew it would happen, but to give us a wonderful confidence that he's going to deal with those people at the end of the age. And the angels are going to help him. And it's not up to you and I to worry about it, and those people are not going to get away with it. Heavenly Father, I pray for a peace, Lord, for people today who just, this this uh, teaching today, this talking about these parables, troubles them. Father, I pray, Lord, that they would just have peace now that passes all understanding. God, I pray for all of us that we we would understand that you have called us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That wisdom is something that we need to use on a daily basis. And if we lack it, like James says in the Bible, we should ask you for it and you'll give it to us abundantly. So let us ask for that wisdom every single day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.